3: Hello and welcome. It's our number two, our number two of our radio program, the Ben Maller Show. So you're going to buy or sell John Gruden, his latest comments, slobbering, slobber, 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 all over the Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr. It rings hollow to us. We will explain why right now, that and more in our number two. The greatness of Gruden. Welcome in the beginning of another hour the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere as we talk shop coast to coast, border to border, and beyond on the vast and powerful microphones of FSR emanating live from behind the wheels. We... Driving the fast lane all night long here at the Fox Sports Radio Studios. Good to have you hanging out. Our lead comes from Coach Speak. Coaches say the darndest things. John Gruden, in rare form recently, the coach of the Raiders. Now, it's never a bad time to talk about football. Never a bad time to talk about football and try to crack the code of what is said. So John Gruden was in rare form recently. The Raiders coach was waxing poetic about his quarterback, for the time being anyway, Derek Carr. If you didn't hear this, you might have missed it. Uh, We're going to play the audio in a second here. But John Gruden speaking to the state-sponsored Las Vegas Raiders in-house television which is really just internet, uh, TV people slobbering, slobber, 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 all over his quarterback, saying that he's underestimated, uh, underappreciated uh, the way that he's played. And went, laid it on thing. So as Warner Wolf would say, let's go to the audio tape. Here's John Gruden gushing, gushing over the quarterback, Derek Carr. Derek is very underestimated. He yeah. doesn't get much credit for how good he's playing. Right. Uh, but he completes a lot of passes. He changes plays at the line of scrimmage. He's starting to make more and more plays with his legs now. We put some pretty good players around Derek. Yeah. I think it shows. Yeah. Okay, so there's uh, there's the Gruden. The Raiders. And, uh, completes a lot of passes, he said. There's. I like the music they added in the background. Uh, Gruden then uh, pointing out that the – Uh, Raiders, uh, with him in charge, uh, along with Mike Mayock, they have done a tremendous job of building the roster out. All right, apparently we don't have that. But trust me, he did say that. Uh, Talked about the Raiders, all the talent they've added uh, for John Gruden. So, all right, uh, I thought we had it. We don't. All right, time for us to parse the words of John Gruden. So, you're going to buy or sell John Gruden's gushing over – Uh, Derek Carr, so uh, I will advise you to sell, sell, sell. My take, eyewash, trolley, and kryptonite. And we will line all of these things up, and we will knock them down. All right, now to kick off, John Gruden, who has the gift for Gabby, he made a bunch of money on the Monday Night Football broadcast team there. He knows how to put the charm on. And this was perfect. You talk about playing softball. You're talking to state-sponsored you know, Raider TV. They're not going to ask any tough questions there. Uh, he flashes that smile. He lays the, the charisma, lays it on thick. Uh, and you, you take what he says with a grain of salt. Now, John Gruden is the type of person, when he gets going, that he could sell a trash man uh, garbage, right? He could sell a trash man garbage. Uh, that's that's the ability that he has. And, and these comments about Derek Carr, when you break them apart piece by piece, they fall into the category I call eyewash. They're meaningless. Like, did Derek Carr put up a better stat line in 2020? Well, if you're a casual fan, the untrained eye will say, yes, that Derek Carr was much better in 2020. But you have to dig a little deeper. And when you dig deeper, you realize the ugly truth here, that the numbers were misleading that Derek Carr put up. Consider the fact, if you will, for a second, that Derek Carr completed 33% of his touchdown passes in games the Raiders were getting just pollaxed. 33% of his touchdowns came when the Raiders were down by three or more scores. And uh, things go much deeper than that. That's just the beginning opening salvo here. If you put Carr's performance under the microscope, it was the tale of two halves. The first eight games of the season, Derek Carr was one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Not going to push back on that at all. He was great. He had 16 touchdowns, a couple interceptions, had a passer rating of 110. But, much like a certain casino in the desert there, uh, it was a mirage. It was a mirage. It was unsustainable. And Derek Carr, at the midway point, the midway point, he suddenly morphed back into the player that he's always been. He did a 180-degree turn midway through last season. The last eight games of the year, Derek Carr had 11 touchdowns and seven interceptions and a passer rating below 93. He was more like Kirk Cousins or more like the typical Derek Carr-type performance. But because he was so effective the first part of the season, the numbers look solid, when in reality, he was really good and then pretty mediocre for half the season. Now, further, so John Gruden, we played some sound there, John Gruden's praise of Derek Carr. It rings hollow, is what it rings with me. I don't know how how it resonates with you, but it rings hollow because if you're an educated observer, you know mediocrity when you hear it. You know mediocrity when you see it. And Derek Carr has had only one season where he's finished with a winning record. He's had a losing record um, overall in his career. He's never won a division title, never started a playoff game. And so most people know these these facts. In fact, he's, I believe, the longest tenured quarterback to have never won a playoff game or even start a playoff game. Uh, but actions speak louder than words. And John Gruden... When it comes to his quarterbacks, he speaks out of both sides of his mouth. Gruden singing the praises of Derek Carr right now uh, while also, that's out of one side of his mouth, while also looking for a replacement out of the other. I mean, the streets have been talking here. It's not exactly a secret that John Gruden has a wandering eye when it comes to the quarterback position. And you know, and I know, I know it, you know it, that the Raiders were engaged in talks with Tom Brady. And if Tom Brady had wanted to go to the West Coast instead of stay on the East Coast, he would have been the Raiders quarterback. He wouldn't have gone to Tampa Bay. He chose Tampa Bay because it was the Eastern time zone and it was in Florida. That's where his family wanted to be. But his family, if they wanted to be on the West Coast, he would have played for either the 49ers or the Raiders. But because of the family, he chose to stay on the East Coast. This offseason, the Raiders contemplated and are still considering taking a ride on the trolley, the trolley to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. John Gruden, just the very thought of bringing his BFF, Aaron Rogers, to Sin City is arousing. It's orgasmic for John Gruden. Now, to be fair, John Gruden – loves all quarterbacks, and Aaron Rodgers is a much better quarterback than Derek Carr, but it's hard to really get a read on Gruden considering the fact that he has kept Nathan Peterman on the Raiders roster seemingly as an act of charity, but Gruden loves Peterman, which is odd. All right, last thing here. So let's let's go back to Derek Carr. And uh, we began this rant with comments that Gruden made praising Derek Carr. And Carr, over the course of his career, has been relatively effective at moving the Raiders offense between their 20s. His kryptonite is the red zone. And how do you fix that? I don't know how you fix that. If you you know, it's it's gotta be the most frustrating thing. I'm not a Raider fan, but it's gotta be the most frustrating thing when you have a quarterback that can get you close to Pay Dirt, but then crumbles right around the 20-yard line, and I, I knew he had been bad, but the numbers last year were so embarrassing. And for John Gruden to come out and be praising Derek Carr, shame on you. Shame on you. Because let me give you some numbers. Let me back up what I'm saying with some facts. So Derek Carr had 78 pass attempts in the red zone. 78 inside the 20-yard line. That was the 7th most in the NFL last season. You know where he ranked as far as red zone touchdown passes? He was tied for 18th in red zone touchdown passes, but he was 7th in red zone attempts. Well, how about passing percentage? Yeah, He completed in the red zone, Derek Carr completed less than 54% of his passes. That ranked percent 31st among all quarterbacks who had 10 or more red zone attempts. 31st. So, again, the opportunities are there. The results are not. And his reputation precedes him. In pressure situations, it reminds me when I was growing up as the fat kid eating ice cream, and you eat ice cream too fast, your brain freezes. And Derek Carr, often his brain freezes. We see this all the time. I saw it with Jared Goff, who's now the Lions quarterback, with the Rams. The anxiety, the fear, the panic, the confusion, they take over. They take over in key moments. So at this point, Derek Carr is not going to change. It's like a zebra changing the stripes. It doesn't happen. Derek Carr is a middling quarterback. He's a tease. He'll show you sporadic performances that are good, maybe even for a stretch of as much as eight games. But there is no reason to believe that Derek Carr, when – the, uh, the tough times come, he's going to rise to the challenge. I don't see it. I mean, And, and yet again, Raider fans are going to want to go out and have a stiff drink after watching Derek Carr play by the end of the season. You can put that in the bank as a fact. All right, it is the Ben Maller Show. If you would like to join us, we'll take your phone calls here at 877-99 on Fox, 877 996 Six, nine. We're also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller if you want to be part of the Bafo Socko, uh, radio program with uh, bells and all that all over the place. Now, I, I mentioned a Tiger Woods story last hour. i got to pay that off right now. So where is Tiger Woods on his recovery? He was in a horrific automobile accident. His leg was snapped like a twig in several places, had to be put back together with a Frankenstein-type operation. Well, here's what we're hearing. Uh, we are we are being told now that uh, Tiger Woods, it's not good. Uh, it's not good. Uh, he is at the point now in the healing process or process, Tiger, where the next big moment in time will be the blood circulation. So they haven't even gotten to the point where the blood is circulating normally, and when you have your legs snap like a twig, in multiple places, they've got to get the blood circulation back. That's the next step. Uh, they're calling it the, the the next benchmark for Tiger to get back to being uh, normal, that right leg foot area completely mangled, The very macabre injury for Tiger Woods. So they're not even at that point, and when that happens – They'll have a, uh, a better read on whether Tiger will ever be able to play golf again. At, at this point, the goal is just to get him to walk like a normal human being. His leg was that messed up, and uh, the blood circulation is still, still not there. There was a report from uh, the Golf Channel where they said the recovery process is a wait-and-see situation, which tells you they ain't very confident. They're not very confident. Uh, when he, you know, usually you get some positive bullcrap statement that comes out. You know, oh, he's looking great. He's you know, Tiger ran the New York Marathon. Or he's going to run the New York Marathon. No, you're not getting that. Uh, you're getting wait and see. Now, listen, we hope Tiger comes back and and can see him golf again. And it's one of the only reasons we talk about golf is Tiger. Hey, it's
4: it's, uh, it's Tiger.
3: Yeah, but just in general, I mean, obviously, if you you know you can't play golf again, you just want to be able to walk like a normal human being, that would. That would be the way to go. All right, it's the Ben Mather Show. We'll take your calls, 877-99 on Fox. If you'd like to be part, 877-996-6369. You can join the uh, party. So uh, how the goalposts have been moved, and the big names in sports is now barking a different bark than before. We'll explain what I mean by that. We'll get to it, and we will do it next.
2: Terms and conditions apply.
7: We believe in the power of the people in the Maller Militia. Get the most out of the Ben Mallor Show listening experience by adding your touch. Take a few seconds to follow your host on Twitter. He's at Ben Mallor. And you can tweet at and follow our executive producer. Some refer to him as the call screener, and he is manning the phones. But he's so much more than that. He is the liar, liar, and the menace of the Fox Sports Radio Network. It's the Coop Loop, Justin Cooper, and he's at UH Bronco Fan.
8: Uh, The Rocket, he was a pitcher for the Yankees. Rocket is a mail.
7: More amazing answers just like that coming up next hour in Maller's Mountain of Money. And now live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller.
3: So the Maller militia yapping away here. M.C. Loud says uh, an A monologue, that brings you up to a C on the night. Still no hockey talk, but we'll take the NFL over the NBA any day. Best Minnesota-born hockey player for extra credit. Uh, Just Josh says, I like how John Gruden is honking the Derek Carr horn. We did a monologue, reacting, parsing the words of John Gruden, who was laying it on thick regarding Derek Carr, and uh, we got a kick out of that considering how mediocre Carr has been. Uh, But just Josh in Cincinnati says, uh, John Gruden honking the Carr horn and telling us he's surrounded Derek with good pieces, it's like saying I have a 1986 Datsun, but I replaced the wipers, upgraded the stereo, put a new seat cover on, and hung a pair of dice from the mirror. Yeah, those fuzzy dice are the they are the key. Uh, clearly, clearly. Uh, this guy, uh, Football Hip Hop, writes in, says, let's not mention the historically bad defense this team has had the entire time Carr has been there. He says, "I am no car apologist. I am even in favor of upgrading." But this man has carried trash ass play on the other side of the ball. There uh, That sounds like an excuse to me. I mean, so in my head, that sounds like you're making an excuse for for Derek Carr. Is it the defense's fault that Derek Carr sucks in the red zone? Is it the defense that's out there? Is that their his his problem there? I, I don't think so. Or it's not their problem either. Well, it is their problem because they don't score enough touchdowns, and then the defense would be in a better uh, situation. Uh, Double O Mexican in San Diego says, A C monologue, Ben, uh, Derek Carr, is just as good as your uh, Pat Stafford, uh, the quarterback there. Well, no, Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback. You'd much ra- If the Raiders had Matthew Stafford, they'd be in a much better position, and you know that to be true. Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback, and it's not even close It's not even close. If Matthew Stafford had the talent around him that Derek Carr had, oh, my God. And you will see it with the Rams this year. You are going to see how this plays out in L.A. with the Rams. (laughs) To the phones we go. Uh, Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Let's go to Chris in Houston who is up first. Hello, Christopher.
9: Oh, man. Hey, man. you, You a lap dog. You a bigger lap dog than your listener, than us. You know that, right? I mean, the Clippers act like they sit over there with a the little MIB little switch, just hitting that little switch, erasing your memory every year of your choke jobs. And you sitting here, I, now, I know,
3: I know, you I and you know. just like the Dodgers are never going to win choker. the World no, Series. No, no, no. I know, I know. You're, again, just Let's like Charlie, just like Charlie, get some new material. You've synchronized with Charlie. It's the same hey, crap. The same crap all the
9: Get
4: past
3: the I know, I know, I know. They're never going to win. I know, because they've never won before. Just like the Red Sox were never going to win the World Series because they hadn't hadn't won since the Curse of the Bambino, or or, or the Bambino, and the Cubs hadn't won since the the Billy Goat. They can't win. I know. These things never end, Chris. They never end. They just go on forever and ever and ever, and teams that haven't won can never win because Chris and Houston said they can't win. No, no, no.
9: What I'm saying is this. I mean, look here, man. To be a great team, you got to beat great teams. You can't run from them. You they're not
3: running from everyone. They're not not running from anyone. See, that's the flaw. That's that's the ridiculous logic, Chris. The Clippers aren't running from anyone. If the Lakers are good enough to get to the Western Conference Finals, they will have to play the Clippers. If the Clippers get there, so it's not exactly like they can avoid playing the Lakers. At all. They know that every – and this is why you're, you're ripping them when they're doing the right thing. They know that LeBron, the longer he plays with every game and Anthony Davis, the odds of them getting hurt go up, 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 and away. And so, so why would you – Why if game, you had the option between the a, that a that path hit. here and a path there, why would you not take the path where you're almost guaranteed LeBron's going to get hurt again and Anthony Davis Hold is going to be hurt again? Hold
9: on. Wait a minute. What not the Clippers – So supposed to be guaranteed to at least make it to the Western Conference finals last year,
3: right? They avoided the Lakers yeah. last year. Well, right? guarantees don't mean anything. It doesn't matter. Exactly, the Clippers are going to win this man. year and I like the fact that you're 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 a anti-Clipper no. guy cuz you're a Rockets fan. They're the biggest losers in the NBA, no, no, so no, I'm no. glad about no, that.
9: Look here. Look here, my Rockets is out of it and I'm I'm basically I'm Switzerland. I'm in the middle, so I'm just calling No, out you're, not out m- you're not in the you're not in the middle. Look. You're you're cheating now Astros, look. Fan. You're not in no, the middle. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to say, man. I mean, look here, even with the Rockets with their choke jobs, they did not try to avoid the Golden State Warriors. They booted the Warriors even though they lost. The now, there have been plenty of teams. You know,
3: Chris, you know there have been plenty of teams over the last decade. This has been about 10 years where teams have been doing this, where they pick and choose who they want to play. If they have the opportunity, not everyone has the chance to do it. The Clippers had the opportunity to do it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's perfectly legal. Adam Silver has no problem with it. The NBA doesn't care. They know the regular season's in shambles. You're uncomfortable. And the reason people are uncomfortable is because this helps the Clippers out. The Clippers have an easier path, wow. and you know it. And you are uncomfortable. Comfortable with that? That the Clippers hold all the aces, and that bothers you. And they're a force to be reckoned with, and you can't handle that. And you you don't want to wrap your mind around a world where the Clippers win the championship. How could
9: I? Why should I wrap my head around it if they never made it out the second round, even with the great Kawhi Leonard?
10: Listen, you never made it out the second yeah, round. Yeah, dude.
3: yeah you it, you know, he's been with the Clippers defense? for 20 years, nice. Kawhi Leonard. He's been a 20-year Kawhi run with the Leonard. Clippers and they've never made they've never made Kawhi
10: it. Kawhi
9: was ever. actually able to take Toronto <laughs> to the finals, but man, I think the Clippers are just a big boogeyman. Kawhi they'll take, they'll
4: take, they'll take <laughs> Leonard He Uh, he can't
9: do that one. I'm sorry, Ben. Well, listen, Chris,
3: I look forward to you. Here's what's going to happen, Chris. As a distant relative of Nostradamus and friend of Nostradamus, the Clippers will win, and uh, you will suddenly have to spend time with your wife and not be able to call the show for a few days. So that's how that's going to go. But I look forward to that. I look forward to you using some kind of excuse, clinging on to that excuse. Uh, But thank you. All right. uh, it's the the Ben Maller Show on Fox. Let's go to, uh, let's see, who do we have? Utah Mark. Is next. Hello, Utah. Mark. Hey, Ben. You're the best. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. What's up, Mark? What you got, man?
4: Well, I'm giving you this story. Utah's number one, number one seed, all home court advantage. Donovan's coming back. Number one. We're have a week off. The left, you know, all these Clippers and Lakers and the Fakers, you know, they don't have a chance. Yeah, we got we got everything <laughs> ready, <right? laughs>
3: You you do realize that the, the the problem the Jazz have is Donovan Mitchell, and he's coming back. He's going to have to be the guy that's going to have to rise up. I don't see him. I don't see that in his DNA that he's going to be making big shots in the final three minutes of games when they're close. Well, I mean,
4: he's going to be dunking over everybody. What do you mean?
3: Is that right? <laughs> he might be dunking if he goes to a donut shop. He might be dunking the donuts. That might be what he does.
4: Yeah, yeah. as soon as they meet up with the number eight Lakers, hey, come on, they're a paper lion. You know, everybody's getting
3: hurt. No, listen, now, let me tell you something. Utah, Mark, if it's a Jazz-Laker matchup, if that ends up being the matchup, so I don't think it's going to be, but if it does end up being the matchup, then uh, everyone will be pulling for the Utah Jazz. Everyone will be pulling for the Jazz. They'll become America's team, the darlings of America.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sick of hearing you know all the Clippers, the Lakers, you know all these guys have been there, but Utah's finally got the coach. They've got the players. They're number one in three points.
10: I
3: know. In all the great, dead all the regular dead. season. Mark, it's all right. But, I, I, you don't believe. I know you don't. Deep down, you don't believe this, Mark. You're just saying this. You're spewing these talking points, but you don't really believe this, right? Yes, I do.
4: How Nine. many? How many? How many? Uh, number one. You, you, you know the regular
3: season doesn't matter. Country? You know the regular season doesn't matter, right? You do realize that,
4: right? Yeah. They have so one. okay, so they it they doesn't.
3: Have, it's irrelevant what the Jazz the did. And Rudy Gobert has no right. ability outside of three feet from the basket. He's essentially a better DeAndre Jordan, is what uh, what Rudy Gobert is. You understand that? Yes. Well, how
4: come everybody, as soon as Rudy goes out of the game? They score points, but when he's in the game, he can't score on him. He blocks everything.
3: Well, we'll find out in the playoffs. I, I know the Clippers really? definitely want to play the Jazz because they, they set it up to play the Jazz in the second round. That's who they want. They know they'll beat the Mavericks because the Mavericks are frauds, and then they, they want to play the Jazz in the second round, and that will get them to the Western Finals. All right, we'll leave it there, Mark. Thank you. A very very calm Utah Jazz fan. Be sure to
5: catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
3: Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is.
2: Ben, I don't think you have a Malheur monologue coming up about this, but uh,
7: you and I are a bit older, and so we grow up. I don't know what you're talking
3: about, Eddie. I'm young.
7: That's not true. Young at heart. Uh, You and I uh, had many great years of of listening to uh, the marvelous one. Marv Albert, Hall of Fame broadcaster, announced he is retiring after nearly 60 years in the business. That's slightly more than you and I have had. Uh, His final assignment will be calling the Eastern Conference Finals of the nba playoffs for tnt now you know i'm i'm not much into the nba anymore i have heard that uh well let's say marv does not have the fastball anymore but he did have many many great years yeah. of being a a wonderful broadcaster uh for uh the nba
3: no marv marv was uh outstanding and i didn't grow up in new york but i i certainly have plenty of friends that did and Liked radio and listened to Marv call Knicks games and did the Rangers and did it, did it all. Did network TV. And I recall growing up watching Marv do big games on NBC, big NFL, well, not big games, but games on NBC where he would call NFL games and recall the Enjoyment of my youth watching Marvin. Nostalgia.
7: Him, I remember him best with uh, the Czar of the Telestrator, Mike Fratillo For uh, Mike Fratillo. Firm- yes,
3: yeah. uh, that's uh, that's right. Yeah, in big NBA games in the 1990s. Uh, Marv Albert was a staple. It was John Tesh and Marv Albert, uh, John Tesh music, the NBA theme. So uh, good, good luck to Marvin. Of course, his uh, son, friend of the show, Kenny Albert, carrying on the Albert legacy. In the broadcast booth, there as he will be the voice, lead voice of TNT's NHL coverage when they shift over next year, and he's doing the Stanley Cup final for NBC this year. Uh, So someone is lying, and I was debating or not. I was debating whether or not to do a monologue on this. I felt like I've I've really beaten this. I've flogged this horse enough at this point. This Albert Pujols story, Uh, but I, I I was like I I was. Game time decision. Maybe I'll do a monologue on this. I I decided not to. But Albert, the story out of Anaheim was he didn't want to be a backup, and the Angels said, okay, you don't want your backup. We want you as a backup because you can't play anymore, so we're going to get rid of you. Well, Albert Pujols, Prince Albert, showed up to Dodger Stadium, put on the Russell Martin. I'm offended he's wearing Russell Martin's old number 55, by the way. it's not No, that's the Bulldog, baby. Nah nah, come on, man. Anyways, he, he's out there doing his thing, Albert, wearing the double nickels on the back of his jersey. He's uh he's doing his nonsense. And he says that he never told the angels he wanted to play every day. Which is not exactly saying he didn't say he wanted to, you know, he he, he didn't deny completely that Bad he job said, by the Angels, man. Oh, stop.
2: <laughs> yeah, shut up, Roberto. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey, hey, Coop. Uh you weren't on this, uh, but Roberto texted me right after Albert Pulos hit that Pujols! that seeing eye single to get a an RBI for the Dodgers, and uh, I pointed out what did I say, Roberto? Remember, I, I pointed out I was not impressed. Right? I yeah. told you right away I was not impressed.
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. One for four. Okay. Come on.
6: Listen,
3: I hope I'm wrong. I hope the guy does uh, whatever he's got to do. Get on uh, what? What Bonds was on. He's it's got more. He's got
8: more hits for the Dodgers than
3: Peters. Yeah, I mean, there's some stiffs. I mean, when, when there's guys on the Dodgers, you got to like, look them up on your phone to find out who they are. That's a bad sign. And there's like two or three of those guys in the lineup yeah. every day
8: where you're like, who yeah. the
3: crap is that? Who the hell is yeah, that well, guy? Where did The he guys come on from?
8: the DL are better than some of the guys on your bench. Uh, that's, that's problematic. <laughs>
3: Jeez, where
8: do they find these these clowns? <laughs> that's wild. I mean. Going back to what you said, though, he's so full of crap. Uh, Albert Poulos? Yeah. Is yeah. Not like, don't like I don't like Poulos don't anymore. Cool. Absolutely. He, he says that now that he agreed to sign on with the Dodgers because he realized that nobody's going to let him play every day.
3: No, no. I think what's going on here is he's like, I don't want to be a backup on the Angels because the Angels suck, but I'll go to the Dodgers because they're a team that's better. And I, He's pulling out like the Mitch Richmond thing where he's trying to cherry pick an extra championship at that's the end true. of his career. That's true. That's what I think this is about. That,
2: that, he's that's like, 100% true. He
3: knew the Angels were going to win the World Series, so he was like, well, I don't want to be a backup at Anaheim. I'll go to Dodger Stadium. I'll sit on the bench. I'll get hemorrhoids. I don't care about that, but maybe the Dodgers will win the World Series and I'll get a cheap ring at the end of my career. It's my hot take right there. Uh, let's go to David in West Covina, Southern California. And uh, David working away on, on security. Hello, David. Yeah, I love the way you're trashing my Dodgers. And, I'm not um, trashing the Dodgers. I, what, how am I, I'm pointing out there's guys I've never heard of. I consider myself a baseball fan, and I got to look at my phone to find
2: out who these people are. Hey, Did you get your vaccine, man? Remember this guy
3: gonna get a vaccine? Oh, I mean, oh, that's right. Yeah, David, have you gotten your vaccine yet, yeah, David? You were trying to find that.
4: <laughs>
2: no,
10: my doctor put me on hold on that because uh, they said I was having problems with my kidneys. Uh, 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 I had to. Yeah, I'm. I'm okay now, but, it, it, but I uh, had to wait a while.
3: Okay, because every time I go to Walmart, there's somebody on the PA system saying, "Hey, if you want your vaccine, come on down." You know, it's like uh, like giving give away like hotcakes. Anyway,
10: yes, David. I'm with Kaiser, and I wanted to go through them anyhow um i i noticed that when the dodgers were losing everybody was picking on the dodgers and you know what you know that uh, traditionally april and may they don't do that well any anyhow they usually start getting hot june july and august and september
6: that's
3: yeah correct. but i don't i don't wait until here's the problem David i got a show to do five <laughs> nights a week i can't wait until they start playing better. I have to react in real time. Do you understand my dilemma, David? Do you understand my problem here that I have
10: yeah, but you know. You know- if you know statistics, you know they're not going to get they're not going to get any worse than they did. Well, gonna...
3: Don't say that now, David. I covered the '90s Dodgers that had great players like Mike Piazza and Eric Karros, and those guys never got all that better. They uh, they can, they got off the slow starts, and everyone would call up and say, "Just like you, David, uh, they'll be all right. Don't worry, they'll be fine." They weren't fine.
10: Well. I don't know. I think, I think the Dodgers are pretty well loaded, so I don't think they're going to.
3: I don't know how loaded they are. Like I said, I mean, half these guys in the lineup I never even heard of. I don't know who the hell they are. And they're not exactly impressing me with a great first impression when I see them play. And I'm like, wow, I think I could do better than that guy.
10: It, it'll get be better. Right now they're kind I of. You're very positive,
3: David. You're so positive. I like it's annoying. Guy, man.
10: They're trying to work together. You know, it takes a while to jail. Oh,
3: my God. All right, uh, all right. I mean, what are you, Dave Roberts? You liked him in that spot.
10: Dave Roberts, you know what? Last year, everybody loved Dave Roberts, and they said they hope we hope we keep keep him another five years. Now, ever since everybody wants to get rid of him, come on, give me a break.
3: Well, I was never totally <laughs> in love with Dave Roberts. I liked him I, in that
1: spot. I really did. All
3: right, David, are you on the Dodger payroll by any chance? David, are you getting a check? No, from the Dodgers?
10: no i just happened to love the Dodgers, Dad. I've been a Dodger fan all my life.
3: Are you wearing Dodger underwear right now? No. You're not. Okay. <laughs> Do you have your uh, Tommy Lasorda retro bobblehead in front of you right now?
10: Well, I should I should have worn my Dodger hat tonight, but I didn't think about it. But I'll yeah. wear it tomorrow.
3: Okay. Well, I'm, call us up and let us know what you're wearing, David. I'm glad you're feeling better. Your kidneys are working a little better. That's good.
10: Well, no, I've been pulled. I had a little, I think they get, the doctor said I had a little infection, but he didn't want me to take a shot. Yeah. Uh,
3: and, David, how, again, for those who don't know, how old are you, David? 72. 72, and you're still working like five nights a week, right?
10: Right. 40 hours a week.
3: 40 hours a week at age 72. This guy's still busting his ass trying to get a couple of bucks. All right. Well, th- thank you, David. Be safe out there, buddy. All right. Hey, he's
10: the guy that worked for MJ. He was 90 before he retired.
3: Uh, but, but don't you want to retire before night I don't know. I mean, if you Okay. Thank you. Jeez. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Is that something to strive for, Roberto, to work till you're 90? If uh, you can find a way not to do it? No. Yeah.
8: But, I mean, if you're if, – If you like working. I, yeah. I, I, and, I, and if I, you're not, like, with somebody and you got nothing else to do, I mean – Yeah. I think, I think my, my dad would still be working if he wasn't married. Well, my mom, yeah, he, all – these years. finding something to do. I yeah. got you. I got you. All
3: right. We got Mallard of the third degree. Here is the Insta trivia. So, Shohei Otani hit the second-lead-flipping home run in Angel history in the ninth inning at Fenway Park over the weekend. Blank was the other Halos player to do it against the Red Sox. Against uh, Again, Otani had the, uh, the second-lead-flipping home run in Angel history in the ninth inning. Or at Fenway, Blank was the other Halo's player to do it against the Red Sox. That's the instant trivia the answer next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup
5: in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
7: Four out of five nocturnal listeners of sports radio choose. The Ben Maller Show to combat insomnia. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We need your help to grow the Maller Militia. And now live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller.
3: We got Maller to the third degree, but first here is the Insta Trivia, and here we go. Shohei Otani over the weekend hit the second lead-flipping home run in Angel history in the ninth inning at Fenway Park. Blank was the other Halos player to do it against the Red Sox in the ninth inning in Boston. That is the question, what is the answer? Chris in Des Moines going with Shane Mack. Uh, Who else do we have here? Uh, Jacob from Japan, says Jason Veritek. Luke the Vending Guy going with Phil Necro as his answer. Joe Rudy from the Palm Desert Rat. His other answer was actually... Uh, Correct, he's just throwing out random names. Bobby Gritch from Malibu, Ruben, Alfie, Alien O'Piner is going with Dick Schofield, Tim Salmon from Keith in uh, NorCal, Dickie Thawne from Chip in the Q's, Joe Adcock from David in Seattle, who knows where all the good restaurants are, Bob Boone from Hobby Bobby, Robbie the Mariner fans going with David Eckstein, Doug Desinces. good names here, from Mike. Uh, That's his answer. Uh, Who else do we have? Sun Tzu, guest by Trucker Joe. Deb Carson from Inca Terror. Darren Erstad, guest by Manic Mike. Doug Drabeck from Big Rig Rob. E-Rocker is going with Tim Salmon, the Kingfish. Do you have an answer, Eddie? I do. It's former California Angel great Juan Beniquez. Uh, That's a good name. This guy played with Juan Beniquez. 1979, Brian Downing off Dick Drago at Fenway Park. Brian Downing is the correct answer. So Shohei Otani and Brian Downing. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree.
1: This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
8: coop Dalu. Ben, former Jets GM Mike Tannenbaum said this week that if Tim Tebow is on the opening day roster for the Jaguars, that it'll, quote, eviscerate Urban Meyer's credibility among his team. Ben, do you think that would be the case?
3: No, I I roll my eyes at Mike Tannenbaum. He's he's got no future in the NFL, so he's he's just, I get it. He's spewing hot takes on television. The irony, though, is Mike Tannenbaum educating anyone on credibility when he ran the Jets franchise as a bozo And they never won a division, never a a playoff game. Uh, He was essentially taking up space. If Tim Tebow earns a roster spot with his work, there's no shame in having him on the team. And even if it's neck and neck with another tight end, the marketing of Tebow would give him the edge. So uh, that's that's
8: how the business of football works. Next! Scott Brooks has been in the hot seat discussion all season long. But with the Wizards making it into one of the top two play-in spots... Russell Westbrook came to his coach's defense by praising the work that he does uh, behind the scenes and uh, you know on the court. Ben, do you think that Brooks' job is safe? No, I,
3: I don't. And they're barely in the playoffs uh, by the hair and their chinny-chin-chin chin in Washington despite statistically dominant seasons by Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And I don't care that the players publicly praise Scott Brooks. What are they saying behind the scenes?
8: What are they saying when the cameras aren't on? That's what really matters. Next! Now, Gilbert Arenas was um, discussing Kwame Brown on Matt Barnes' podcast when he said that he thinks Michael Jordan destroyed Brown's confidence and that's why he never reached his full potential and was considered a bust. Now, Kwame apparently um, took offense to that and he went on uh, its own verbal assault attacking everybody that was on the podcast. Ben, do you think what Arenas said is true?
3: No, I think what's true is Kwame Brown is better than Gilbert Arenas and Matt Barnes at commentary. I, I spent... 45 minutes watching a YouTube video, which I guess is from Instagram, of Kwame Brown. And he was like Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, and Don King combined. It was great. How do we do, Coop? He passed. There it is. That's a win. Kwame Brown's good, man. He was talking trash.
5: The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin.